Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is the podcast that's been created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you might be listening to this, we want to say welcome and thank you for getting on board. I'm delighted today to sit down with another Yarra Old Grammarian, a yog, to talk about the ups and the downs, the twists and the turns of life. And today I sit with Grant Nell from the class of 2006. It's fair to say that this is my third or fourth go round at trying to get Grant on the line. A range of other issues and challenges and life has gotten away, but this is a conversation that was well worth the effort and well worth the wait. Some interesting insights into the mind and the performance of elite athletes, but also the the challenge that many people face in terms of learning and education. And Grant is generous with his uh, willingness to open up and share some fantastic stories. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation that I have with Grant. And we begin the conversation by talking a little bit about the early days, even before he made it to Yarra. Enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And again, we get to sit down with somebody today to explore and unpack a little bit of their experience of their time at school, but also the twists and the turns of how uh, life has unfolded for them. And today it is my pleasure to sit down with Grant Nell from the class of 2006. Grant, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Paul. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, hello to all those that are listening and, and, and watching. Grant, uh, what year did you come to school? Were you here as a, a junior school student? Did you come at year seven? Um, I was actually born in South Africa and, and we moved to Australia in 2000. So I actually started at Yarra in year seven in 2001. Excellent. And what, what do you remember of those early times? So in terms of moving from South Africa, big transition, and then to yep. a school, what was the school experience like for you in those early days? Um, I suppose one thing that was very different from me was I'd come from an all-boys school. Um, so starting year seven in a new country um, and then having girls there, that was probably quite a bit different to me. Not necessarily a shock, but just something I never experienced before, I guess. And 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 also, you know, trying to learn the Aussie lingo and, um, you know, make friends and that sort of thing in a new country is always pretty tough. But, uh, you know, I had great support from Yara as, as well as my family. So... Um, that transition was actually great and, and, and really easy to go about. Because you, it's not just about coming to a, a new school, it's a whole new country, a new way of life. Tell us what it was like from in your memory. What was childhood like in terms of were you in a city, were you on a farm, were you in the outback? What yep. was life in South Africa like? Um, we, I grew up in suburbia. Um, my, my old man was a, um, an accountant um, working for a bank and my mum, we were lucky enough to have a stay-at-home mum. So the three of us uh, were very fortunate with that. I was a, an athlete or an elite athlete from when I was very little. So my life was pretty similar <laughs> to what it was while I was at Yarra. You know, go to training, go to school, go to training, go home, do your homework and go to bed. So, All right. um, yeah. So I'm fascinated there. You you mentioned an elite athlete from uh, when you were very young. What? Yeah. What is it that makes somebody an elite athlete? Is it a somebody identifies a talent, or have you got a particular passion, or have you got a bit of an affinity for a sport in particular? How how do they know so early? Well, I I, I think it's more so um, all of those what you've just mentioned. Um, I was lucky enough that my mum was a was an elite gymnast when she was uh, younger. She represented South Africa at you know international events and world championships. Um, and I guess I pursued things um, with the encouragement of my family and my school and and my club um, from a very young age. Uh, so I guess that's why I would consider myself elite athlete from there. I mean, I was doing sort of 35 to 40 hours a week of gymnastics from from when I was seven or eight. So, you know, that was my, you know, definitely elite, so to speak, um, athlete. I mean, I represented South Africa for gymnastics when I was really little, um, just on the junior level. And then when I started diving, I, we moved to Australia and I made the Australian team pretty, pretty early. So, Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, there's a, a whole range of things right there that I want to talk about from yeah. 
a gymnastics background and then the, the transition into diving, and, and I'd like to talk about that. However, before we even get to there, I want to talk yeah. a little bit about mum and yep. what is your perspective on uh, a parent being an elite athlete and then the the benefits or advantages or positive likelihood for their children to also follow it? Is it about genetics? Is it about understanding what work ethic is all about? Is it about, mm-hmm. I don't know, a... a, a an ability to be in the right place at the right time and maybe mum knew what that pathway was? Tell, tell me what yeah. your observations of that looks like. I mean, those those definitely will come into play. I mean, I would never be a, a basketball player or a volleyballer. I mean, I just genetically don't have that sort of um, background. So, yes, genetics come into play. You know, diving suits me very well or gymnastics suited me very well because I was short, stocky. Um, yes, the mindset definitely helped. My mum knew how to get to, you know, the, the top and, and my dad was also a very good athlete himself. So the support of my family, um, there was obviously times where, uh, you don't want to do it and, and that sort of thing. And the encouragement or in some ways pushing, but you know, they're doing it because they love you sort of thing. Um, my folks were really like, you know, if you're going to go to, to training, you've got to train, you're not there to, to, to play around. Um, you know, there's other things we can doing, be doing. Um, whereas, you know, I did have two other siblings that, you know, were very, I guess, forgiving in, in some ways. And, I, and I'm sure annoyed other days that, um, you know, I, I had to always be a training or it was always about, you know, how was Grant going? Um, but, you know, they had their, their, their pursuits and, and, you know, academics or sport as well. So I guess in terms of my mum, you know, she knew how to get there. She had a very, uh, good family pushing her and, 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 you know, helping her get to where she, she got in sport and, and school as well. I mean, she was ducks at her school and she won a South African sportswoman of the year. So I, I suppose it's in a way it's good breeding. <laughs> mm, very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll, again, we'll talk a little bit about, uh, the generational, uh, experience of that shortly, but, um, yeah. Yeah. let's then, um, move from, South Africa, you've come to Australia, you've already got hours and hours and hours of dedication in gymnastics. You've already risen to a high level within your nation. You've represented South Africa mm-hmm. in gymnastics. Um, take me back. What is, and I, I understand that gymnastics has multiple um, uh, acti- activities. That's not the right. Disciplines, if we might say. Yeah. Was there one that you excelled in? What was your kind of... Or do you have um, to be good I, at everything? I suppose I, you, you do have to be good at everything, but yes, there, you do specialize in some things. Um, I was very good at rings. Um, I had really good upper body strength, very good core strength, and, and obviously being short, that that helped uh, um, quite a lot. Um, so and, and plus, you know, what young little boy doesn't love flying around on rings? So <laughs> um, that was just something I, I, I love doing. Um, uh, yeah, and that's why I guess I was good at, at rings. I just loved it. Okay. So I... In my youth, I thought I had fairly good upper body strength as well. I remember APE class where they lowered the rings down and for whatever reason, the PE teacher thought that if anybody could could do this, it was me. So I had a go yeah. and it was the whole trying to do the crucifix. Yeah. Now, yeah. my shoulder's never been the same. <laughs> <laughs> But can you describe for us as a gymnast, as somebody who's yeah. up there on the rings, what is going through your body, your mind, your muscles? Where is it hurting most? Because we will mm-hmm. watch that again on telly one day. We'll watch gymnasts doing the rings. Can yeah. you tell us what it feels like up there? It's 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 all about, um, I suppose, any, any type of sport or, or any type of thing you're passionate about, music, anything. You know, it's all about the, the training, the little things to, to complete the whole task. So... So you're thinking about small things like, oh, yeah, I've got to remember to point my toes during this. Oh, I've got to remember, oh, um, this is where my body needs to feel. Um, oh, my my left leg, left arm's dropping, you know, I've got to, or my right arm's dropping, I've got to make sure that I can hold it. Um, you know, you're going through what's next in your routine. Um, you've done, by the time you get to being able to, you know, compete at a, a high level, you've done so many basics that you're just trying to think of your little key points, um, just like I'm sure in, in music, you know, that something's coming up in a certain piece that you've got to remember to, you know, really stretch for that one key or, you know, in, in if you're doing a speech, you know, you know that, oh, well, you know, I've got to make sure I look up, you know, so it's all about practice. Um, and, and I guess that uh, I, 
my coach really emphasized the fact that you've got to do a lot of basics. So I suppose I excelled in, in, in gym and then through to diving because I had such a good background or, 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 or control of my body because of all the basics that I had, had done. And it's about building that base, not only of strength, but also the discipline and dedication that says, if I do these little things and if I listen to my coach and really have the mm. ability to take what they tell me and apply it, yeah. if I yeah. do that often enough, then I'm going to get results. But also it's, it's, it's making sure you go back to basics because, you know, you'll see now at an elite level in any sport, there's always technical aspects that need to be honed in. So you, you're always working on your basics. In diving, we just did falling entries day in, day out, you know, maybe at the start of session or the end of session. But that's because when you hit the water, that's the last thing the judges see. And it's the most basic thing to do is to land in the water on your head. But it's the last thing the judges see. So you got to make sure that you're doing it or your takeoff. You know, when, when you're doing a jump, that jumps, you got to try and you know, imitate a perfect jump every time. Therefore, you do them, you know, hundreds and thousands of times. We're talking with uh, Grant Nell from the class of 2006, and we're just unpacking a little bit the, really, is it is it around muscle memory of, as you say, repeat, 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 and then you get to a point where it becomes almost natural to do it that way? Absolutely. Um, I've been retired from diving now. Um, I retired after the Olympics I retired in 2018 and I can still feel in my head what it feels like to do a dive. I can still feel how my body would feel just because I've done millions of dives. I mean, it's, it you know, makes me smile how I can think or how I actually felt on the board because, um, you know, it's just something that I was so passionate about for such a long time and, and, and obviously still am. But um, all that muscle memory and, and, and the mental memory of how you compete something or do something is, is, is still something I'm very passionate that I have, you know, I want to talk some more about the, the transition from gymnastics to diving and the transition from South Africa to Australia. Australia, mm-hmm. for you, and schooling became Yarra Valley Grammar. But just one yes. more thing on the, uh, the muscle memory and the, yeah. the, your now very clear recollection of what it felt like. Tell me about what visualisation has to play in that as an elite athlete. Visualization is everything, um, especially or in, in, I would say, a lot of sports. When it comes down to the competition phase, um, you've done your training, you've done your, um, you know, all your preparation, but you've got to be able to remember that. You've got to go through the technical things. Um, you know, a, a lot of people would close their eyes and, and just think through how the dive would go or how the gym would go or, or how you're doing your paddle stroke. Um, it, it's the mental game at the end of the day, especially in my sport diving where it was 90% mental, you know, and 10% physical because once you've got the physical, it's now, well, you've got hundreds of thousands of people watching you. Um, you're, you're in a pair of Speedos. You're about to compete, you know, do four and a half somersaults and, and try hit a perfect dive. Um, I'm on the board. People are judging me. Um, how do we do it? So it's all about visualizing, controlling, thinking of your key points. Um, when I'd get up on the board, I'd think, you know, deep breath, one, two, three, go. Yep, lean forward, jump up, reach your arms, squeeze tight, kick hard. And then that's basically what I'd think about before I did my dive and I'd, you know, smile at the judges and then go. Wow, that's a beautiful insight. And the way that that just rolled off because of the repetition, you've done that same rhythm, that same routine so many times. It, it's, yeah, and, it's, I, and then I, I do... Sorry, I do six dives in a competition, right? So... Each dive, I'd have my own key things for. And because you've done so much of your training, all you need to think about is three key words because I know, well, this means this and this means that. Therefore, there goes there's much good dive. So um, it's just repetition, as you say, and as we've been talking about, repetition, muscle memory, and, and really focusing on your basics. There's something quite poetic in the way that you shared with us just then the rhythm that's happening in your mind the deep breath the count to three the smile the and go um and and it's all over in about what 2.5 seconds yeah yeah exactly and and if you if you watched a video of me lie or diving so you look back on a on a, on a competition Commonwealth games olympics you can literally see me my lips moving because i'm talking to myself because i know how to visualize i, I say the couple words that i need to and then you see me breath, smile, and then I go. Like, just because I love the sport, I love doing what I was doing, and I just knew that 
yeah, I mean, not every dive comes out the way you want it to. You'll you'll see plenty of fails that I've done on, on YouTube or, you know, messing up at Commonwealth Games and landing flat on my back. You know, it's just part of sport. But end of the day, I mean, 22 years of competing for Australia, I absolutely loved every single minute of it. We, uh, we, I know some people are going to pause and they're going to go and go to YouTube right now and they're going to look up some <laughs> <Yeah>. of those, <laughs> the big splash. Um, but it's fair to say that not everybody listening would actually recognise the name even. Um, as a Yarra no. Olgramarian, Grant Nell, tell us the peak of your elite sport career for Australia. What did that look like for you? Um, I was lucky enough to compete. Um, my first my first international was uh, in 2003 in Perth. That was just a junior event. Um, I was lucky enough to, to win a bronze medal for Australia. But I suppose in terms of um, uh, the international or open competition, I, I was lucky enough to compete at uh, five world championships and six world cups. How often is I a world championship? The- How often does that come around? Every two years. Okay, so that, that's Every already suggesting there's a long career. Correct, correct. So um, I just missed out on the Commonwealth Games in Melbourne in 2006. I was the reserve, um, but I was lucky enough to then in 2010 make the Delhi Commonwealth Games team, um, and I was probably an outside favourite, not, not an outside favourite, I was not a favourite at all, the underdog definitely, um, and I won a bronze medal on the three metre. So came from nowhere, just... Really good day, lots of visualization, lots of practice, you know, and it just turned out to be my day, um, which was amazing. Uh, then um, I competed in the 2014 Commonwealth Games in Glasgow, and I won a silver medal with Matthew Mitchum in the three meter synchronized and a bronze medal on the one meter. Um, and then uh, 2016 came along, and I finally made the Olympic team after missing out in London. Um, and uh, yeah, I made the semi-final and, and, and came 15th for Australia. So uh, the the best um, memory I can probably think about uh, in diving is, is is wearing my Olympic uniform and, and walking out on the pool deck when you get announced in the prelims and seeing, you know, my family there uh, in, in Team Nell, um, colours that my dad had made or, or got printed for everyone and, you know, smiling and it you know, sort of like brings tears to my eyes thinking about it because it's... um. It, it wasn't just me. It, it, it was my support group. It was my family, the many hours of training, you know, living at, in, in Wonga Park and driving to MSAC twice a day um, is a hell of a lot and a, and a massive commitment for, for my family. You know, yes, when I was 18, I could drive myself, but, you know, I was, I was training there from 2001. So uh, many, many if, if, if Eastlink or Eastland, uh, sorry, the Eastern Freeway was told, you know, we would have paid for, for most of it. So... <laughs> Um, now a very just amazing experience and um, for me I feel like you become an Olympian when you've competed um, or you've done your first dive or the whistle blows and you're actually on the field and I got to stand there and got announced for a front three and a half pike um, on the 15th of August in 2016 I hit the water and I didn't care how my dive went it was pretty good but you know I just thought yes I'm, I've finally done it I'm an Olympian so um yeah, it, it, it's, it's been a phenomenal career and, and, and I've absolutely loved it. Wow. I, you, I could hear it and I could see it reliving that and, and I, I had, you know, watery eyes and I definitely had chills yeah. <laughs> as, as you're being announced. Like just the – and everything that that means, like you say, didn't actually matter the dive itself. It was being there no. – your support team and the representatives of your sport team in the stadium, your name, you're wearing the uniform, and here you come, albeit you're about to strip down into a pair of Speedos and hundreds of thousands of people are watching you and you're incredibly vulnerable in that moment. And yet you go through, you stop, you you breathe, you pause, you smile and you roll forward and, wow, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It was it was it was incredible. I mean, and then getting to go watch the other athletes compete, or even my you know my immediate teammates in the in, in diving, um, the people we got to meet in the Olympic Village, it was just incredible. Um, you know, you're sitting down there, and Michael Phelps is literally a stone throw away because he's you know having his lunch, or Serena Williams is you know uh, walking past or having a hit in the in the village on the tennis courts. It's you know, and, and they're all happy to stop and chat because you know we're all there competing for sport. 
you know, yes, it is for your country, but it's 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 for more than just that. Um, so yeah, it's the um, the villages and stuff are everything everyone ever says they they're an absolute dream to be in and 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 it'll, uh, a lot of fun. Wow. So so I am now speaking with and and our listeners are listening to. Australian diving royalty right now. You've been at the peak and you've competed and succeeded at that that on the world stage. And yet I know you're a little boy who came from South Africa, moved to Wonga Park and came to Yarra Valley Grammar. And yeah. you struggled in class and you played games at lunchtime and you got your buttons ripped off your shirt because you are playing footy and all the things that normal kids go through as well. Yeah, absolutely. And yet you're in an Olympic village and, you, as you say, you see Serena Williams or you see Michael Phelps. They too are just people, yeah? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. I mean, it's just it's that's that's what was so incredible was, I mean, I live, I live down in, in, in Janjak and um, a couple of years ago during the Bells Beach Pro, um, um, Mick Fanning was just coming up from a surf before of his before his um, set and I got goosebumps. I was like, I couldn't even talk to him. I just wanted to get a photo. I said, oh, hey, Mick, you know, can I get a photo? And he's like, yeah, I'm just watching the surf. I'm like, mm, okay, sorry. <laughs> like I felt like I couldn't believe it. I was so starstruck. I mean, I'm not even a massive surfer, but just seeing this guy, it's like, wow, this is Mick Fanning. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't even do it. It was yeah. pretty crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. But but despite the success and, and mm-hmm. perhaps because of the success that you've enjoyed, I now want to come back to Yarra because yeah. we obviously wouldn't recognise, we wouldn't suggest that it all started at Yarra, but there were obviously some things that, Yarra was able to make work for you so that you could train twice a day in an MSAC and that you could work Absolutely. your education around um, your ability to keep training and doing all those things. So tell me a little yep. bit about school life. Like, for example, where would we find you at lunchtime? What what was your hangout place? Do you remember? Yeah, absolutely. I'd, we'd normally be um, kicking the footy on the oval or playing basketball um, uh, near the cafeteria there. Um Either that, or we'd you know be sitting in the courtyard somewhere. Um, I've, I had a I had a great group of friends at Yarra. That's for sure, very supportive, and they're all actually very successful now. Um, yeah, I mean, time life at Yarra was great. I, I really loved it. They were very supportive with my diving. Um, I actually thoroughly enjoyed Saturday sport because it was different. I loved my team sports, and and my folks actually really encouraged me to do team sports. So I played cricket and soccer. Um, I wasn't allowed to play much footy because it would, it would have been too much contact. Um, but I love, love playing cricket and I, I still look back, uh, you know, on, on the days playing cricket and, and, and soccer at Yarra and I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I loved the music there. You know, I got to play the drums. I was never good at uh, guitar or, you know, blowing on a horn or something like that, but I'd love bashing things. So that was uh, something I loved to do. Um, and then, you know, I, I really got on well with, with quite a few teachers. I did have a few learning difficulties. Um, I'm dyslexic. And uh, so I had a lot of help at Yarra um, with the, you know, sort of special need stuff because I, I actually really struggled with my English um, and a few teachers would, uh, would, would remember that. Um, but, you know, as I say, it was very, very supportive, such a great community um, and, you know, that they, they really encouraged me to, to do my sport and, and um, at the end of the day it, it turned out really well. You know, I graduated and because of the, the schoolwork and how well I did it, yeah, um, I, I got to go to the States. You know, yes, a lot of it was because of my diving, but, you know, I, I got the grades through Yarra to be able to go to Texas A&M and um, I was there on a college scholarship and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely – Yarra was a huge part of my, my, my sporting life, my, my school life and – and I have friends now that I still see and still hang out with because of, you know, making them at, at Yarra Valley Grammar. So we we perhaps might term Yarra spirit. There's something about the community, the culture, the, the vibe. Was that something that you were very aware of when you were here as a student kicking around, the, you know, in your school shorts and your tie? Was your tie always done up properly or did it hang down a little yeah. bit? No, no, I was. I'm, I'm very uh, passionate about uh, taking uh, wearing a uniform, so um, I was normally pretty good with that. Um, 
but that's just how I, I like to carry myself. Um, in terms of Yarra spirit, absolutely. I mean, never mind the fact that, you know, the, the people there are amazing. Look at the grounds. Um, look at the sporting facilities, the music facilities, the, the PAC. Um, it's such a beautiful campus. It's such a beautiful school. Um, why wouldn't you want to go there, to be honest? I mean, yes, we, we were lucky enough. Um, we lived in, in, in Wonga Park and, and, and a couple of people from South Africa who were at Yarra actually said, well, come here. And that was probably one of the reasons why we came. And, you know, word of mouth, because it's a good school, that, you know, that, that sort of brought us there. Wow, that, that's terrific that, um, you know, you don't need placards on a bus or uh, a big sign on the freeway. If it's word of mouth and people know people who know people and they say, this is, you know, you, my, our kids had a good education, it was a good community, they were good people, then that's probably exactly. the best sort of promotion, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, you mentioned drumming, and I uh, I appreciate. <laughs> I mean, you're going to call that music, are you? <laughs> yeah, well, that was my form of music, trying to hold a beat. But uh, <laughs> um, I love listening to to proper music. But that was my version of music. Yeah. And uh, to those of you who are going to write in or ring up and whatever, I apologise. <laughs> Drummers are absolutely musicians and very very talented. <laughs> Um, Grant, is there is there a particular moment, whether you were in the audience or on stage, let's say in the PAC, there was a, a, a it might have been a musical performance or a particular song that you remember, a play, a drama, or something that you go, actually one of my greatest moments, as I say, whether it was in the audience or maybe up on stage. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely would really enjoy. I, I definitely really enjoyed going to watch some of the music performances. Um, uh, probably in my sister's year level when she, she graduated in two thousand and four, I think. Um, she had quite a very, quite a lot of really good musicians there, and I suppose she's my sister. You know, I sort of looked up to her quite a lot, and I really enjoyed going to go watch watch her friends perform. Um, yeah. So, Grant, you mentioned uh, that you were a drummer of sorts and uh, and albeit, absolutely, that's music and we'll, you know, dip our lid to that. But I wonder if there's a, a particular uh, performance or musical or uh, drama production that you might have either been part of on stage or maybe you were uh, one who was uh, in the audience, that, that a particular moment, a night, an evening, an event that comes to mind. Yeah, um, Paul, definitely. I mean, the, the PAC's got such a, an amazing, um, uh, I guess, aura to it in, in, in the fact that you can, no matter if you're a participant um, or, or watching, um, you can, you know, really hear and, and, and see things so well. Um, I, I definitely remember going to go watch a few plays. Um, uh, I was never much for drama myself. Um, the only performing I ever did was when I came and, and actually spoke at Yarra. And, and, and got to stand up there on stage and, and, and speak to everyone, which was an amazing experience for me. Um, but I definitely loved going to watch um, some of the, the school plays uh, with, with my friends who were, who were in there or, or even musicians um, that were performing. Um, the music at Yarra is amazing. And, um, yeah, it was, it was always great to go watch that. You, um, I have it on good authority that you're, um, you've got brothers or sisters, um, you've got siblings at least. Some of them part of the Yarra community as well? Yeah, they, they both are. Um, my sister graduated in 2004 and my brother would have been, oh, I'm not too sure, 2014 maybe? Yeah. And, and we talked earlier about uh, your bloodlines if you like in terms of <laughs> sport and uh, ability yeah. and so forth what what have they received in terms of pursuing their passion yeah um so my sister's a very successful um, academic she was also a very good athlete herself um not an, at an international level but um she's a she's a doctor in microbiology um and she also has a master's in business and uh microbiology i'm pretty sure um she's living in brisbane now and she's got um two daughters um, and she's married up there um, and my brother is a civil engineer, so um, we've we've all shot pretty high and and, and done very well. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, all all hard work and and you know putting in the time we need to, and we've uh, all, all turned out all right, I think. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and, and I'm sure um, making your parents very very proud, of course. Of course, of course. I mean, I, I you know our parents are uh, push us, but also you know 
cry with us and 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 uh, support us when and ever they can. Um, but uh, we we all uh, have have done pretty well, that's for sure. Fantastic. And and as you say, and 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 I'd just like to go back for a moment. You mentioned that you had some some challenges when it came to academics and the classroom, yeah. and and you mentioned uh, dyslexia. Yes. And yet, that with support, you were able to find a way and. Um, that in itself is an inspiration for many who will be listening who might have their own uh, challenge and it might be a recognised challenge but it also might be just something that, um, you know, there is their own personal experience. Um, Yeah. I wonder if you can tell us for a little bit now and let's consider what it is to not be great at everything all the time. Yeah. Yeah. it's funny because when I was when I was learning how to read when I was younger, um, it would be very frustrating for my folks to just see why I couldn't do it. You know why I couldn't read, why I couldn't. You know I have to spell out every single syllable, um, and you know I still do it now. <laughs> um, I'm a lot better now, but you know th- that sort of thing was really helped at Yarra because um, they they saw there was a learning problem here. Um, and got on the front foot. Um, I had some testing done. I did really well um, in the IQ test, um, but they worked out that you know I was dyslexic and, and ha- having problems with, with with letters. And yeah, it sucks. It's, it it was very frustrating when I was younger, and um, it still is sometimes. But um, you know, you you work at what you're bad at, and you get better. So that's that's just how it is. And and it was lucky enough that it was picked up um, at Yarra. Um, because uh, it's definitely helped me in life and I've, I've come out with, I've got two uni degrees now and, you know, it's not something that holds me back. You just work on, as I said, work on what you, you're you not good at and, and, and you'll, you'll get better. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that that's a takeaway for any area of life, isn't it? That, you exactly. Know, you're just not going to improve at something that you're not working on. No, I mean that's exactly right. You, you've, you've got to you've got to work on those little things, and sometimes it's it's not much fun. You know, a lot of times I'd prefer to be playing outside and um, you know not doing reading, and and I, I probably should have done more. But you know, you do work on 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 what you you've got to, and if you do, you'll come out on top for sure. Yes, yes. Y- you you've spoken a little bit about your year level, your cohort, and some of your mates, mm-hmm. and and yep. you you nudged towards the idea that they've gone on and had certain degrees of success themselves. What is your contact with Yarra people nowadays, you know, your old mates? How often, how regularly, in what context? Um, So there was a group of probably six of us, um, all reasonably athletic, all reasonably academically okay, I guess. Um, uh, some of them are now owning engineering companies. Others are working for big corporations. Some are, you know, working in um, uh, like uh, ambulances or or firefighters. Um, so a, a big, you know, range. You know, that was one thing that you could could do is, is is literally all you can do is you know go into any sort of field you want to. And but but we all started together at Yara, but we all get on like a house on fire still. Um, we catch up as often as we can. We do. Um, we, we live, you know, all around Victoria, but we, we make time for each other and go camping or, or go bike riding together or come out, they come down for a surf um, or we go up to someone's farm and, you know, do a bit of hanging out there. Um, yeah. That's terrific that uh, that those friendships, those connections are still, you know, still important and, and still take your time and investment and commitment to, to keep them flourishing. So I, I love to hear that. That's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, they, they supported me. Um I, I missed a lot of their 18ths. I missed a lot of their 21sts um, because I was always away competing, um, you know. But they, they came to, to watch me compete at, at the World Championships in Melbourne in 2007 or, you know, they still give me a call now that I'm retired. You know, that's what's cool is they're not, you know, they, they're your friends for life and and, the, and those boys are just, you know, and, and, and girls, they just, you know, I wouldn't be able to get to where I am today without having them as friends, that's for sure. Yeah, that's fantastic. You mentioned there that that you have retired, meaning mm-hmm. you've retired from competitive elite sport. Yes, yes. So I, I retired from diving um, after quite a few shoulder injuries, um, a few shoulder restru- reconstructions, and um, you know there is life after sport. And and I was lucky enough that you know my parents did encourage me to go to university and and get a degree. And not that a degree is for everyone, but they encouraged me to do other things because if you ever do get injured in sport, you've got to have something to fall back on. Um, 
and um, so I was lucky enough to do that. And now we're living down in in Torquay. I'm working with a, a professional uh, AFL team, and as well as um, uh, working in sales for another company as well. And then to give back to sport, I'm coaching a bit of diving as well because, you know, I I got so much out of it, and um, you know, so much of my life is because of you know being an athlete and being a diver, and you've got to give that back. So I'm coaching as well. Wow. So it is about giving back. And, and I love that, that you've really embraced that and, and recognized the opportunities that you were given and that you, you grabbed hold of with, with both hands, but now recognizing it's time to give back as well. I think that's terrific. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I had, um, you know, a few uh, people that I looked up to when I was an athlete and you know, when I was young, even if it wasn't in sport, you know, it could have been something else. And you know, just getting that, hey, how you doing? Or, you know, oh, wow, that was a great dive or that sort of thing. You know, that little bit of encouragement really just, you know, shines a light in your eyes and, and, and gives you a bit more encouragement. And I, I really believe uh, in doing that and giving back, that's for sure. You you may have explored this a little, but I want to go a bit deeper on one of your, dare I say, your big belly flops. <laughs> yeah. A, a time where you know that the judges are watching, the audience, the crowd, they're watching, and it's potentially a fairly big stage, but it, it didn't all go according to plan. Um, on one hand, I want to talk about the pain that that might be physically in terms of hitting the water not quite right, but also how do you how do you recover from that? You you say you've got maybe six dives in, in a meet and, and let's say you, it happened on dive number two. How do you come back from that? Yeah, Paul, that's a that's a great question. Um, I'll I'll give you an example. In two thousand and fourteen, at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow, I was favourite. I was I went into the three meter um, competition as favourite. Um, I'd just come out of a great world championships. I was ranked eighth in the world, highest um, in the Commonwealth. So, therefore, um, favourite to win. Um, my third dive, I slipped on the board. Um, not a bad slip, but I just had to. I bailed out of a dive and landed flat on my back and it was all over TV and it was my first competition. I'm thinking, well, what do I do now? You know, I've, I've, this is my, 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 my event. This is, you know, what I've come here to, to win. Um, and, uh, what do I do? You know, so I did this dive, come out of the water, you know, sort of brushed it off way to the crowd, kept going. Unfortunately, I missed out on the, on the final. So, um, it was very hard to take. Um, my family's there, you know, you don't, I know they disappointed for you, but I'm disappointed because I haven't, you know, competed well for them. I haven't done well for Australia. We, you know, there's plenty of things that go through your head, but, you know, you reassess and, and, and lucky enough through all the competitions that I have had and, and the support that I have in my family, uh, my friends and my coach and, you know, Diving Australia at the time, um, you know, you reset. Tomorrow's a new day. Um, we came back the next day and Matthew Mitchum and I won a silver medal and we weren't even a chance to do it. You know, the day after that I came and won a bronze medal and there was no ways I was chanced to, to win a bronze medal. It's just that mental toughness that you, you, you gain over years or, or you learn because this is, you're doing what you love and yeah, you miss out on a lot of opportunities or you miss out on one big one and, um, it's how you take it, how you move on and how you learn from it. Wow. That's a way to come back from a belly flop, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Boy, oh boy. (laughs) <laughs> that's exciting. And something else that's exciting in your life right now is really a new phase. You're a fairly new dad. Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. So my wife and I um, had a daughter, Elise. She was born uh, on the 5th of December last year, so 2019. She's just on five months old now. Um, she's the absolute uh, joy of our lives. Um, I, becoming a dad is probably the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Um it's uh, it's been many sleepless nights and also many uh, loving you know days and 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 experiences and she's just learning how to crawl at the moment and saying dad and mum and yeah it's 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 incredible uh, we're going through this COVID nineteen at the moment and it's been a blessing in disguise um, because of how much time I've been able to spend with her um, and I think that a lot of families would agree that you know spending time with your kids is something you never get back and and, and I absolutely have loved every single day being able to be home and, and, and helping out Amanda and my wife um, yeah and just watching her grow that's that's beautiful and and you're quite right it it doesn't matter how high we might have climbed in any particular pursuit or career or sporting achievement if we actually break it down to what really matters it's 
um, you know, that in your situation, the opportunity to become a dad is a highlight. And, and now to spend time with your family is, uh, it's just so rewarding. It's beautiful. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, the new thing she does every day or, um, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, Amanda and I get to spend so much time together with her, you know, I get to watch her grow. Um, I know, you know, depending on who's the, the breadwinner in the family, it's, 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 it's been so nice to be, to be back at home and, and helping her out and, you know, letting her go do her thing, you know, get a bit of space or, you know, her, let me do my thing. And, at the end of the day, we get to spend so much time with Elise, so it's 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 been phenomenal, and and I love every every minute of it. Yes, that's terrific. We're speaking with Grant Nell from the class of two thousand and six, and Grant, you've been very generous with your time, and I appreciate um, the the vulnerability and the honesty and your storytelling. It's been wonderful. I've got just a couple more questions, if I may, and and. This podcast is called Inspired by Yarra, and I wonder if you think back to your time as a student, and and maybe even since then, what is it about Yarra, or who at Yarra, inspired you? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's uh, my time at Yarra was great. Yes, I did miss a a, a bit of school here and there because I was away competing all the time, Um, and my friends would say I missed more than I should have, but uh, that's all right. Um, but in terms of my time at Yarra, I had a, a great, um, I got on really well with Mr. Hocking and, and, and actually Mr. Manning, who was my English teacher. Um, uh, but, you know, besides them, there was, there was plenty other, um, Mrs. Moore, I mean, there was, there was plenty other uh, faculty that were there that may not be there now anymore or, or they, you know, they still are, which is great. But, um, yeah, in terms of, you know, the people I got on, I got in trouble. I mean, I was like any other young boy, I got in trouble more than my parents would want me to but um you know at the end of the day we were just boys being boys and and that sort of thing and you know that's fair if you get in trouble <laughs> but um no the 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 time that i had there was was really great and and it was definitely it definitely was was part of where i am today that's for sure um being lucky enough to go to yara and and, and my parents sending all three of us that were there which was great um yeah hmm being being somebody of such personal discipline through your sporting career and from an ed- educational perspective knowing that you had to work hard and and really put in the time to to get done what needed to be done i wonder now is there a a, a rhythm a habit a, a a program that you um whether it be a daily thing that you're part of, is this something that sort of keeps you perhaps aiming at least to be at your best? Absolutely, Paul. Um, it's a great question. Um, the The biggest thing for me has been learning time management. Um, you've got all these things to do at school. You know, I had to get up at five to be at training by six, to be back at school by eight. You know, well, then what do I do for lunch? You know, and then I've got to go, oh, well, on my way to training, then I've got to go to training, you know, which is another hour away. Then I come back, go to do my homework and then dinner, then go to bed. So learning about how to, to manage your time and that sort of thing. So I did a lot of meal meal preparation um, at the, on a Sunday because I knew that I'm not going to have time during the day to do that. Um, you know, making lunch the night before you go to school just because, you know, well, you've got to be ready to do that. Um, making sure you take all the right clothes um, and then, you know, having a diary to know what you've got to do in terms of homework and school and and what, what the planning is for the day. Um, and that has, you know, proceeded into my life these days. So my wife and I will do a meal a meal plan at the start of the week and we'll go do the shopping for that on a, on a Sunday and, you know, get it all ready for the for what we need to do or, or plan out what we're having. Um, and that's definitely been help, you know, help me in, in, in future life is, is learning those things when I was younger. Um, yeah, it sucked sometimes, you know, getting up all the time and sometimes if you get things and you think, oh, why didn't I do this? But you just learn. Um but being prepared and, and, and managing your time efficiently and appropriately, um, you can get anything done. I mean, I even had downtime, you know, you can't just work, 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 work. I played, I play PlayStation. I still play PlayStation. Um, I still go and, you know, mow my lawn all the time or I'll go go for a surf, you know, whenever I can. But, you know, if you, you, you put that into when you can, you'll, you'll be able to do everything. Absolutely. And, and you're right. It's about time management and about priorities and finding the time to fit it in and uh, and and make it work when if you want to if you desire it enough you'll you'll work out you'll find a way 
Exactly. No, that's exactly right. And and yes, it's been a, a hard to, to do that, but my wife is very good at it as well. So she keeps me accountable as well. Um, I'm definitely not perfect in that way. Um, but uh, yeah, it's do, it is something that I've learned along the way. Grant, I've got uh, just a small handful of quick fire questions to round out our time. Thank you again sure. for your generosity and for your time today. Um, first thing that pops into your head, um, some of these will be school related, some of them will be perhaps a bit more philosophical, but uh, just sort of the quick fire answers. Okay. What house were you in while you were at Yarra? Honest. What might we have seen with all that food preparation? What's for lunch in your lunchbox at Yarra? Uh, there would have been a sandwich, uh, probably a roll-up <laughs> back then, um, a fruit box or a juice, uh, and then maybe like a bag of chips or something sweet because I love lollies. <laughs> if given the choice, would you prefer to be at house swimming or house athletics? Ooh, probably house, athletic, house athletics because I was in the water all the time. Yes. So anyway, you're in the water. So okay, there, fair enough. That's a good answer. And are you uh, are you an athlete that dashes around a, the full 400, or are you a 100 meter specialist, or did you enjoy the high jump? Uh, probably the 100 specialist. I was pretty quick when I was younger. Um, still am, but uh, high jump was also fun. Um, the long distance stuff is not for me. Fair enough. Hey, what was uh, what was your first car? Um, I had a Honda Civic. Um, that was white. It was a hatchback. Proudest moment at school? Probably ooh, in two thousand or in year year twelve. I was I played in the bees soccer and we won um, against Marcelin and I think we'd never done that since year seven. It was all of us who'd done it and we finally beat them. Yeah, so you're a team who've gone year in year out, being beaten, beaten, beaten for three, four, five years, and yeah. you put a win oh. on the board. Finally got him back, exactly. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's great. I wonder if there's, a, and I, I appreciate that maybe reading's not necessarily your thing, but is there a book or a, a, a documentary that you think has either been an inspiration to you or you would recommend as required viewing? Yeah, there's there's a book um, called The Slight Edge, which is, um, I can't think of the author, but it's just about um, the small little things you can do to increase like productivity or also just becoming a better person. Um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Um, now I do have a few. I did, no, I can't really, I mean, I've been reading a lot of children's book lately. So if you want me to read something like Kiss by the Moon, I can do it off, you know, off by heart. <laughs> have you got to the point where you miss a page every now and then? Uh, yeah, every now and again, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, I, I want to offer you a, a closing term, a, a phrase that you may be familiar with. And, and so my question is, what does it mean and what does it mean? And that is our school motto, Lavavi Oculus. Mm-hmm. What does it mean then and what does it mean now? Uh, then it was uh, a process to get through that I really enjoyed and now it set me up for where I am. Mm, mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So to lift up your eyes is to to see the possibility and now to look at the opportunity. Correct. That's exactly right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. My final question I want to ask is um, what question do you wish I had have asked you? And once you work that out, can you answer your own question? <laughs> um, what question do I wish you asked me? Uh, I would probably say who was my biggest uh, sporting rival at uh, at uh, at Yarra, um, and his name is probably James Preto. Um, he was the guy who pretty much broke the beep test and could run laps around everyone, uh, young or old, um, and is still to this day uh, competes at Tough Mudder World Championships and and is a paramedic and and an absolute legend of a bloke. Wow, that's that's a great question. Uh, thank you. For, that's I'm going to try and file that away in my uh, book of questions because that's a ripper. And um, I mean, you would have been okay on the on the beep test yourself, no doubt. 
Yeah, no, I did. I mean, I, I did all right. Um, yeah, I, I suppose, um, you know, just being an athlete helped me with that, that's for sure. Um, but uh, some of the other guys, or like Alex Horton, they just absolute freaks when it comes to, to the long distance stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we all, we all, they'll have a good laugh at that because we all talk about it all the time how I can, you know, jump higher than anyone, but I can't ride a bike more than 10 meters because it's, it's too much endurance for me. <laughs> and and you're quite right, and it just sums up the notion that we can't be good at everything, and so we've got to uh, grab those things that we do have an inkling for and, uh, and, and get the most out of them that we can. That's exactly right. Grant, I really appreciate your time. Um, speaking with Grant Nell from the class of 2006, um, the adventure, the challenge, but also the overcoming and uh, the ability to dust yourself off um, from the ballywhackers as well as the uh, the triumphs, it's uh, it's been quite the journey. So I thank you very much for the contribution that you've made to the Inspired by Yarra community, our podcast, but also to the impact that you had on our school community, both while you were here, but certainly as we've enjoyed and appreciated the stories since you left. So Grant, we thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Paul, and uh, and, and for all those listening. Um, yeah, it's it's there's plenty more to come, so uh, watch this space. Look forward to uh, the adventures ahead. Good on you. Thanks, Grant. Cheers. And there you have it. What a good guy. Adventure, challenge, belly flops, and the joy of being a parent. The challenge of learning and the struggles that are part of that for many but also the recognition of time management and with determination and dedication, just about anything is possible. Some great insights with Grant Nell and uh, we are grateful for the time that he gave us to have a chat about uh, all things life prior to and during his, uh, his time at Yarra, but also since that time as well. Fantastic. I hope that you'll share this episode. If you know Grant, if you know others who know Grant, if you thought that this was a helpful, useful episode, share it with your kids. I think that there's some helpful things in here for young people aspiring, whether they be artists, musicians, sports people, academics. There's something in here for everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did at my end. The Yarra Old Grammarians are a terrific community and we continue to try and reach out and connect and the Inspired by Yarra podcast is one way that we do that. You can certainly catch up with a whole range of other things that are going on around our school community through the yvg.vic.edu.au website and if you go forward slash community, you'll find a whole lot of resources and opportunities and events that are happening soon for particularly our Yarra Old Grammarians. But my name is Paul Joy and on behalf of all those who have contributed to this podcast and this series, I want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for your support. Thanks for your feedback. And I want to encourage you and wish you another day today where you get out there and you, with purpose and intentionality, head out to make a difference in the world around you. 